Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, Coming to you again, live, direct, and full effect uh, in the midst of a global pandemic that hasn't been seen since the beginning of the 1900s. This is our third episode on the coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, as we said in earlier episodes, uh, just like when we were covering Epstein, this is an ongoing event. It's one that we, like everybody else out there in the world, are keeping a close eye on. And in our previous episode, toward the end, uh, I'd mentioned we weren't able to get to all the conspiracy theories about COVID-19 in a move that should surprise no one. These conspiracies are still around. In fact, they're even more. But let's start, as always, uh, with the facts, because there are some much needed updates we want you to be aware of. So here are the facts. 
Yeah, I think it'd be smart to take a look at the global state of COVID-19. Um, at this point, we have a confirmed death toll uh, due to the coronavirus that's approaching 100,000 worldwide. Um, and as COVID-19 is detected in India, the Ivory Coast, Brazil, and and more, the fears begin to grow that the infection could um, ravage particularly densely populated um, lower income areas, neighborhoods, uh, slums, uh, many of which which don't have clean running water or access to medical care, um, let alone equipment that the rest of the country is obviously lacking and is in very short supply, like ventilators. Well, yeah, and personal protective equipment, just something as simple as masks and gloves, things to protect healthcare workers. It's, It's crazy. Even around here, like at my pharmacy, they're sold out of gloves and masks. You can't really buy them. And I've seen so many people making these cloth masks. And the CDC just put out an infographic showing the protection level against certain, you know, uh, materials, uh, of course, first and foremost, being um, uh, viruses. And those cloth masks are apparently 0% effective in uh, protecting you against uh, the, the virus. Well, it's it's also the function of the cloth mask is that it protects other people. Yes, know? totally. No, and I, I see that's 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 very important. But I think there's maybe a misconception in some folks that those uh, are apples to apples um, to those much more medical grade uh, surgical masks and the, uh, the the ones that are used in industrial situations that have the little filter on the front. Well, we've we've had people writing in and calling us who are healthcare workers or people working in this industry to try and you know stop this thing and help people who are dealing with COVID-19. And they are, they have mentioned to us that they, you know, imagine like what they're doing. Imagine going to work every day, exposing yourself to people that have been infected, you know, are infected, you have tested them, you know, they're infected, and you don't have the proper equipment like you're talking about there. You've just got something you created, like a, a handkerchief over your face, you know, um, just pulling your shirt up in order to protect yourself. Like that, that is uh, mind boggling to me that that could happen anywhere in the world today in 2020. Well, and, and a really spooky thing that's been happening is the federal government has been quietly uh, commandeering medical supplies and diverting orders of medical supplies placed by hospitals. Um, and quietly, it's unclear. come on. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's unclear what they're doing with it. Right. Because, I mean, you know, uh, that really becomes the feeling of living in a police state where, you know, regular rules don't apply anymore. And and who needs these things more than hospitals? And what is the government actually doing with them? Where's the accountability? In the same way, uh, you have to wonder what the accountability is on this uh, kind of, you know, bailout package where so much money is is being diverted to corporations and uh, and far less than than maybe we would like being diverted to individuals. I have some pretty choice things to say about that uh, as we get toward the uh, conspiratorial side of today's show. Uh, In the meantime, I would like to recommend a show called It Could Happen Here. It's a pure podcast of ours by a guy named Robert Evans. I'd love to have him on the show, too, at a later date. Yes, Uh, please. Getting a thumbs up from Maddie Fred there. Uh, But you guys are absolutely right. You're 100% right. And before we go into the U.S., let's explore the world a little bit more. That's something everybody wants to do while we're in quarantine, right? Multiple companies are declaring bankruptcy already. Over the first two months of 2020, more than 240,000 companies in China alone went belly up. 
As a matter of fact, right now, uh, we mentioned the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, after bragging about how he loved to go to hospitals and shake hands, he came down with COVID-19. He was in ICU. Uh, he is on the mend, according to the uh, official government statements. But the doctor who tried to warn him to practice social distancing, uh, that guy contracted COVID-19 and died. To your point, Matt, um, you can see these harrowing videos of medical professionals on the front lines. Um, I'll send you guys one of a guy who's showing his suit up process. And it's, it's insane. Even sped up, it takes forever. Um, and we know that people are fighting against it. China recently, in news that a lot of racists have mischaracterized, China recently instituted bans on the consumption of wildlife. And some cities like Shenzhen are explicitly banning the consumption of animals that are considered pets. So, you know, racists are hopping on saying like, oh, China is eating cats and dogs. But to be clear, uh, I think we mentioned this before on some show, uh, most people in China not only don't eat dog, but have never eaten it and never, ever want to. Uh, but wet markets are the real problem, not consumption of pets. Yeah, we talked about these wet markets where animals are kept in pretty close proximity to each other, then they are live generally, and then they are slaughtered on site and then taken as meat. Uh, we noted that this was one of the possible origin points for the for you know all kinds of diseases that have occurred across time uh, since these things have you know been around. And if you think about the history of wet markets, they've been around longer than most social constructs that exist, you know, for humans. Um, but they're thought to be the origin place or possibly the or origin place of the COVID-19, uh, well, the coronavirus and the COVID-19 affliction. And SARS, there was a pangolin call. I mean, it's, it's clear, you know, when we say thought to be, we're, we're being pretty diplomatic. It's, it's pretty much thought to be unless you think uh, it was created in that nearby lab. Uh, it, it, the worst part of the, about the wet markets is that it's plausible if the practice is not ended that another pandemic could arise from these locations. Because, you know, as, as we established in a previous episode, this is not the first time that a market like this has produced uh, a, a lethal infection. And now the world as a whole... I'm sure we're, we've all heard this. We're in this together. The world is a whole. We have a theoretical path to reducing the scale of the infection, but there is currently no vaccine. There is no cure. And perhaps most troubling, there's no real estimate on what will happen next because there are so many factors at play. There's so many things we can do to make this worse or to make it better. And just to reiterate something that we talked about, I believe, even in the first episode, these are zoonotic diseases, which means that they are transmissible between species or between, you know, from animals to humans. And that is what makes it particularly virulent and, and scary. Uh, and we even heard a story recently about a tiger, I believe. Is it at the Bronx Zoo um, that, that was found to have COVID? Uh, and they're actually monitoring this tiger and, you know, testing the tiger. I thought that was really interesting, especially considering um, how the Tiger King uh, Netflix series has caught fire. Uh, we're living in a time of COVID and tigers. Well, yeah, I mean, just think how strange that is the small amount of human interaction that that tiger has with a very specific number of people. And one of those people just happened to be carrying it 
that's the only way that tiger gets coronavirus, right? Right. It was a um I've got a report on this um in an episode uh of Strange News Daily a few days ago. It's it was multiple tigers by one zookeeper. The tigers are uh fan, fans of big cats will will be happy to learn the tigers are okay. Uh as a matter of fact, the tigers I hate to say it, but the Tigers are getting better medical care than a lot of human residents of New York City. And that's something that uh, critics are quick to point out. Um, but also, you know, Tigers are an endangered species. And they're, and those Tigers specifically are living in much closer quarters than a Tiger should ever, ever should. There are also more Tigers in captivity than there are in the wild. Tigers are like my favorite animal. Can we do an episode of Tigers? Or octopus. I look. I'm getting distracted. You're right, though. <laughs> You're right. It's it's coming out, and the zoonotic thing is a really important point, Noel, because uh, I think 15 percent of cats that were tested for COVID in Wuhan uh, tested positive. Uh, we don't we don't think that this is a situation where a, a tiger or a house cat could get COVID and transmit it to a human, but we know that. Uh, humans can transmit it to cats. So if you feel like you are immunocompromised, you're getting the signs and you can't get tested or something, just uh, be mindful of how you interact with your pets. Uh, because, uh, you know, the last thing you want is an emergency vet visit, right? So we're, we're talking about the world. There's some good news. There's some bad news. We're at, we're at a crossroads. We're at a decision point. And unfortunately, if you are listening to this show in the U.S., or if you like us are making this show in the U.S., uh, we have some pretty, some some pretty sobering things to report. As we record today, April tenth, New York has reported its highest daily death count. The positive lining there is that hospitalizations are down in general. But get this: according to the latest figures, New York State now has more coronavirus cases than any single country outside of the United States. More than Italy, right? More than, uh, more than China. More than, well, China's numbers are a little, a little sketchy, but, uh, <laughs> but the, the New York, the state alone, has more coronavirus cases confirmed than any other country. They're like 197 countries. Yeah, but we have, we have to keep in mind here these numbers, any numbers, uh, you're mentioning China's numbers are a little fishy there. Any numbers for any country, any state in the U.S. are going to be off because of the lack of testing or the limited amount of testing that we can do. Also, the lag in reporting. I mean, we're seeing numbers that are already two weeks old, you know, so as like as we see a number, it's probably, you know, uh, guaranteed higher than that by uh, 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 not an insignificant amount because of the fact that there's a lag in reporting. But according to the official numbers out of New York, the confirmed caseload of COVID-19 jumped by 10,000 cases in one day this past Thursday. That's yesterday as we're recording this. And it jumped to 159,937, putting it ahead of Spain, which was 153,000 cases. And then Italy, which was the number that everybody was trying to avoid early on, which is uh, 143,000 as of today. Yep, yep. And uh, China, 
where, of course, the virus was confirmed to emerge from those most likely from those wet markets last year, has uh, only reported 82,000 cases. Now, I don't mean to sound callous when I say only 82,000. I just want to emphasize again that there are some serious and uh, troubling questions about their methodology and how they define a case. The same way with how a coronavirus death is defined, right? Um, and, and, you know, this is familiar to anybody who has recently tried to get testing because for a while in, the lot, in a lot of the U.S., there were some pretty strict requirements to get testing. There were even some uh, strict requirements to get uh, ty- different types of assistance. You had to prove that you had COVID. And uh, now the U.S., has recorded 462,000 cases. Uh, we're getting closer to 16,500 deaths. That num- We may surpass that number, honestly, by the time this episode comes out. Globally, we're looking at 1.6 million cases. And the same day that we recorded our earlier episode, COVID-2, Rise of the Pandemic, that same day, the United States Senate approved a, a stimulus package that was worth more than $2 trillion, making it the largest deal of its kind in modern U.S. history. And if you live in this country, you know that the economy is still going straight into the garbage. Why? What, what's happening? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade 
with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back. So this stimulus package. First off, no one really, let's be honest, folks, no one really has a grasp of how much $1 billion is. Uh, <laughs> not even uh, Dr. Evil in Austin Powers. Uh, <laughs> we, we clearly have no understanding what $2 trillion really means. This, this package is supposed to, or was supposed to, uh, help the country and the people who live here respond to this coronavirus pandemic by providing direct payments right? Uh, to people and jobless benefits, and then also giving money to states. And then of course, a gigantic, uh, a, a Leviathan size bailout fund for various businesses. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that any of those things are bad, you know, on paper, they're, they're very good. And, and a lot of people hearing this have just struggled to figure out rent for April. You know what I mean? These, this is serious. And uh, the problem here is that this bill is more than twice the size. Uh, yeah, it's more than twice the size of a, a similar package that Congress passed back in 2009 during the days of the Great Recession. That was $800 billion. And uh, despite the size of this $2 trillion thing and all the corruption and lack of oversight that's going into it, uh, Economists are, are saying this might only get us a few months down the road because, again, we don't know how long this is going to go. Well, yeah, e even if a month, I mean, maybe a month is probably what you can get because you're talking about rent there, Ben, which generally is paid on a monthly basis. And the, the actual amount that's going out to the individual, you know, we will probably take care of that and a little extra, you know, uh, some food, hopefully. Um, or any necessities, but uh, yeah, that's that's all you're going to get out of that two trillion dollars per person. Really, the the only hope is that the injection of money for some of the states, you know, that ends up going to businesses in the perfect world, um, would actually help something. Because man, right now more than 16 million Americans have lost their jobs. Unemployment may well be the second epidemic that we're facing here, in this country at least. And again, that situation is going to be true across the world because of the nature of having to stay apart from one another and stay home. Small businesses are just getting hammered right now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have a lot of... We have a lot of people who are fighting to keep a job. We have we have a lot of small business owners. Some of our fellow listeners are small business owners who are doing innovative things just to try to keep the lights on. For for a, a lighter note on this, I would add, for instance, uh, you'll you'll hear all these stories about 
people doing very creative, unorthodox things like restaurants staying in business by only doing curbside takeout or no contact delivery. Um, one example that's a little bit bawdy, uh, if you'll excuse the crassness, is something called Boober Eats uh, out in Oregon. Uh, there was uh, there's a strip club called the Lucky Devil Lounge, and you know these adult dance clubs shut down, just like a, a restaurant or something. And so to keep his employees working, the guy who owns the uh, I think his name's Sean Bowden, the the guy who owns the place started like an Uber Eats thing where they would have dancers come deliver food to people. Uh, and and he started it as a joke, but people took him up on it because they wanted to support the business. So people are finding ways around it, but those are very, very small sparks of light in a very, very dark landscape. And I, I agree with you, Matt. Absolutely, Ben. And, and uh, uh, Matt, to your point about small businesses um, and, and to the point we mentioned earlier in the episode about this uh, $2 trillion coronavirus relief package, um, there is an author um, and uh, a, a research director at the American Economic Liberties Project by the name of Matt Stoller, who wrote a column for The Guardian, um, basically talking about how the coronavirus relief bill, because of the lack of oversight, um, it could potentially become a corporate coup if uh, if if the government isn't careful because um, you know with all of these small businesses failing we could potentially to his his the point that he makes is emerge with just like you know some sort of crazy. Um, monopoly or bigger than that oligarchy I, I don't know where there's just like maybe five or six corporations that control all of the goods and services for the entire world yeah similar to um well i i don't know about the entire world but um it's similar to what they call a uh, a chai bowl or chai bowl in uh south korea like this conglomerate that runs everything you know uh and we're we are looking at something that that could be well very bad for the average person but yeah you're you're right Noel. there we we are running the risk of a huge consolidation and not necessarily um some something that is a good thing overall i mean they're they're also think about this like the politics and business they're fingers on a hand you know what i mean as as different as they may try to appear uh, they are fingers on a hand, and it doesn't matter what sort of political ideology you ascribe to. Um, they're, they're at least here in the U.S. They're both supported by big business, and there are also clear and present concerns that this pandemic may interfere with the upcoming presidential election here in November 2020 in the U.S. I mean, primaries. So we have a lot of we have a lot of listeners who have written into us uh, through one platform or another who have basically asked us what the hell is going on with the voting system in the U.S. and it, it is like complicated, partially by design. Um, but so we have these things called primaries. Again, this goes for it, it doesn't matter what political party you vote for. If you want to vote, uh, you you do a thing called a primary, where you kind of like if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. Uh, there are going to be multiple people who want to be the Republican or Democratic candidate or what have you. So before you actually vote in November, you go do this other voting thing where you vote between like uh, there are five Democrat candidates. You vote for the one you like or there are five Republican candidates. You vote for the one you like. And this is already getting pushed off. 
like a, a ton of states haven't been able to vote in these primaries and they were supposed to. So what does that mean for November? It's it's scary. Yeah, the, the only good thing is that largely across the U.S., you're seeing an increase in, you know, applications for absentee ballots being sent out. I know I here in Atlanta, I just received one. Um, which is which is a good thing. I generally don't get them, and it was just sent. It wasn't like I had to request it. Hopefully, you know that'll continue to occur, where we can hopefully make the whole democracy thing happen. And you know, we've talked about the problems <laughs> with democracy before, and the way it's run, especially if you have a two party system, a two party plus or a two two point one party system. Let's say uh, if you add in the independence there. But, you know, and that's going to affect us, but the real, the real impact and the scary thing for me is that, you know, we talk, we're talking about the 16 million Americans that have lost their jobs, right? And, you know, that has a, an impact on the individual, but also an entire family for each one of those people. Um, and the scary thing is that that number ramped up to 16 million over the course of three weeks. And, and when you compare that to what happened in 2008, 2000, you know, well, the end of 2007, all the way into 2009, um, that, that 15 million job loss that occurred back then took 18 months to reach that level. And we've only just begun this thing and we're already seeing jobs hemorrhaging like that. And when you say a job, it means rent and food and, sh you know, sh everything, clothing, shelter, everything that's needed for entire families, each one of those people. Yeah, yeah. And one, one important, well said, one, one important point I'd add, this is going to sound a unusual to a lot of people outside of the United States. Uh, if you lose your job here, that often means you lose access to medical care. Uh, Almost always. Yeah, because of the way insurance works in this country you're you're right this this level of growth is dangerous and things are very much no matter what we do for for the f near future things are set to get worse before they improve it, even if the pandemic is wiped out um the you know sooner than we think uh there there's still going to be uh, a, a lot of enormous problems to Noel's point about uh corporations Matt to your point about recovering this this is not a bounce back situation you know uh, and and on the corporate point while there are tons of industries that are faltering there are a few very few that are skyrocketing hedge funds are making a killing and we were we were talking about this i think um off air we were talking about this uh price gouging is insane you know you think of toilet paper you think of hand sanitizer and and ppe and stuff like that personal protective equipment uh but nintendo switches it's it's bizarre nintendo switches are going through the roof uh exercise equipment uh is going through the roof i mean it, someone right now maybe someone listening to the show has a side hustle or a full-time hustle uh scalping Nintendo switches and selling them for exorbitant amounts. And if shoot if, or, or scalping toilet paper and paper towels, think about the big paper <laughs> in the heyday they're having right now. My God. And bidet companies. <laughs> we called that a while back, I think, <laughs> but, uh, but 
but something else is proliferating and that something else is uh is conspiratorial thought um now you know some of this is some of this is a product of fear and searching for answers which is what humans do uh some of it is a product of the truth the actual stuff that a lot of politicians and a lot of mainstream media don't want you to know some of these things sound crazy and they are and some of them sound crazy and they're real After this break, we'll get to a few that we didn't cover in our last episode, as well as some brand new ones. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Here's where it gets crazy. 
Let's talk a little bit about um, the religious angle or some allegations um, pertaining to to religion uh, surrounding the coronavirus. There are a few distinct religious um, aspects that are coming to a head right now uh, in the days of corona. Um, First, some apocalyptic sects believe that it's a sign of the end of the world. Um, Doesn't seem like too much of a stretch to me, even not being a a fundamentalist um, religious person. Um, Or there is some kind of um, fundamental shift in our civilization. Second, uh, some either, you know, unscrupulous or particularly deluded uh, religious figures have started, like many politicians, um, talking about unproven um, and quite expensive cures. Uh, Jim Baker, for example, um, for uh, was recently uh, selling something he was calling Silver Solution uh, that he claims was created by God himself. He is in cahoots with a woman named Cheryl Selman, and they have been selling his uh, massive viewership um, like on this stuff uh, like it can, uh, you know, with the expectation that it can cure coronavirus in just 12 hours. Um, It can't. (laughs) And and, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration uh, told him to stop marketing this this snake oil um, as a cure for coronavirus. And, And of course, that's not the only one i mean in the same well, way wait, wait 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 jim baker you can from this man you can also purchase all of the buckets of food you've you'd ever want to have right we're talking burritos for two months we're talking rice and chicken dinners for like two years just in buckets that you can keep in your house if you want and it's blessed i think you can get some of it blessed look uh, you know we're not uh, we want to be very clear we're not um denigrating religion at all, but we are denigrating uh, televangelists, uh, especially those that you would classify as prosperity theology practitioners, like Creflo Dollar, who still is my my favorite to love slash hate. But you're right, Noel. That kind of business, and for these guys, it is a business. That kind of business is booming. There's a guy named uh, Kenneth Copeland out in Texas. He went to the White House two years ago, 2018, and had dinner with, uh, like for this dinner where a bunch of other evangelical leaders got together. And he says that he has a coronavirus cure uh, that he can transmit through your television screen. Remember all those old tropes? Oh, we're on camera, so you do it now, where it's like, <laughs> put your hand against the against the screen, feel the energy, and say, you know, by the power uh it's like that kind of thing uh, on his victory channel on March 12th. He claimed that he would be able to heal coronavirus infected viewers who touched their TVs saying, put your hand on that television set. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He received your healing. As long as they wash their hands like before and after, I think I'm okay with it. Um, but, but yeah, I think what we're pointing to here, which is really unsettling um, these are these are businesses that can successfully take fear, the fear that you feel, the anxiety that you feel about this situation, and translate it, turn it, and spin it into gold. It's very Rumpelstiltskin-esque, and uh, it's disturbing, I think, in general, but in a time like this, it, it feels, at least to me personally, particularly vile. 
Yeah, I mean, these in the same way that, um, you know, uh, phone phishing uh, scams are on the rise, you know, to kind of take advantage of older people that are maybe scared and, and, and living by themselves and willing to give up their personal information. In times of crisis, those things always uh, flourish, you know, or, or and thrive. And you really have to be vigilant to keep your loved ones who might be susceptible to this kind of stuff from, uh, from you know, biting. But here's the, the only other thing is that I have to add here. I currently cannot prove that there is something to putting out energy in the way that, let's say, Copeland is saying that he's going to put out energy. I'm extremely skeptical of it to the point where I do not believe it unless it is proven to me. However, I cannot disprove that there is something to that kind of connection, even if it's through a television. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that is fair. We also know that we also know that the placebo effect is a real and powerful thing to some degree. Uh, And, and, you know, if, if uh, someone making these claims, if they personally believe it, then if they believe what they're selling, then it's kind of like, uh, Merlin in Mark Twain's A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, we can't, we can't call them liars. Uh, we can say that maybe that practice is not as effective or maybe it's ineffective, but if they're not actually harming people, then it's, it's their choice to do as they will. The problem here is that they could be harming people, at least in the cases we outlined. And, and this idea, though, still what's interesting here by way of segue is that the difference here is that they're not purposefully hurting people. In fact, they may believe that they are helping people. However, there's another conspiracy theory that says this, uh, this disease, this infection is purposely designed to target certain demographics or to injure uh, certain people, right? It's, it's a population control or it's a weapon of war. This, this is uh, quite a popular theory in Iran. Uh, the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei has refused American assistance to fight the new coronavirus and said that it could be man-made by the U.S. government. Um, and really, that's a little misleading because the, the issue is that the U.S. offered a certain kind of help. And look, COVID is out of control in Iran. Uh, the U.S. offered a certain kind of help, and uh, Iran had requested another kind. They said, you know, lift the sanctions uh, because, you know, the sanctions that have been placed on Iran and Cuba as well have interfered with the transport of, of medical equipment and assistance. People are literally dying. Um, others, of course, as always, accuse Israel of manufacturing the weapon, or obviously they accuse China of creating the weapon. At this point, it's kind of like the conspiracy theories about uh, HIV as a weapon. It's it's just such a um, it's just such a dumb thing. If you were designing a weapon, there are better ones to design. And and this it's surprising that this is still proliferating out there. We talked about this in the past. It's still there. It's gaining grounds. I just want to add here, I, I agree with you, Ben. I just want to add here that when you're thinking about Iran, because of coronavirus, maybe we've kind of forgotten, but we are actively engaged in maybe not a proxy war, but but there are um, 
actual firefights, actual hot conflicts that are occurring in Iraq between U.S. forces and uh, um, Iranian, it's Iran-backed militias, I believe, that were the targets by the yeah, U.S. Hezbollah. Yeah, so it's it. I mean, that's still happening, and that's been happening. That kind of uh, behind closed doors battling has been happening for so long between Iran and the U.S. Uh, you know, just trying to add that other side there, like the reason why maybe Khomeini doesn't want assistance from America in any way. Uh, and also just due to all the things that we've outlined in the past about that, the relationship between the two countries. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunately, it's a very old story, right? And this is just another, another um, chapter in a disturbing book. So we've outlined a couple problems, but we, we want to give you a, uh, we want to solve something for you. And we think we've done it. Uh, we have new revelations. We have found the truth or we're on the way to finding the truth about one of the most popular recent conspiracy theories related to COVID-19. The idea that 5G technology is responsible for the virus or responsible for what's being perceived as a virus. We'd mentioned this earlier, but there's more to the story. Yeah, it's true. Um, just a few days ago, there were at least three attacks on cell phone towers in the UK and in Ireland that authorities believe were related to the 5G uh, coronavirus conspiracy theory. But there is proof that a conspiracy of some kind really does exist here. Maybe not the one that, that we've been hearing about or that, that conspiracy theorists uh, would prefer that we, uh, we think about. Um, a person named Mark Owens Jones who's a researcher at Hamad Ben Khalifa University in Qatar, specializing in online disinformation networks, analyzed 22,000 recent interactions on Twitter mentioning 5G and Corona as, as, this, as the search terms, and uh, said that he found a large number of accounts displaying, uh, quote, inauthentic activity. So like bot type accounts, I imagine. Um, he said the effort bears some of the hallmarks of a state backed campaign. Um, he noted, quote, there are very strong indications that some of these accounts are a disinformation operation and went on to say that the campaign used a strategy similar to Russia's Internet Research Agency, which was behind uh, the disinformation campaign during the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign. Uh, the reason that the term Russian bots has become such a hot, hot button uh, thing to throw around. Um, so while Jones hasn't explicitly linked this campaign to a specific state, he, he does note that there are uh, pretty extraordinary similarities. Yeah. Yeah. In short, the spread of the 5G conspiracy theory is itself a conspiracy. Um, just to backtrack real quick uh, and be clear, uh, the the 5G concept is um is something that existed before and it's just now being tied with coronavirus but people were concerned uh, about the the possible health impacts of 5g beforehand uh and right now honestly uh not to be alarmist about it but it is a new technology which means there are no longitudinal studies about the uh, the possible long-term risk to it. Right now, it seems safe. Uh, it definitely doesn't seem like it creates a virus or viral-like infections. Well, and you only you only have to go back to October 2019 in Scientific American 
and other places to see that there is some research coming out about 5G that it is potentially dangerous, the amount of radiation uh, that people will be exposed to. That doesn't mean it has anything to do with coronavirus. It makes me ask, I mean, and just to, to, to go off topic just ever so slightly, how does this stuff get pushed through so quickly without, you know, if there are these concerns and if there is even some research already showing that this level of radiation is dangerous, like how, how, how are we as a country just fully on board with 5G? It sure seems like an example of like commerce being put in front of the general well-being of, of people. Well, I mean, if you go to like the New York Times or Wired right now, you know, around that same time, December and uh, part of the summer of last year, 2019, everyone is doing their best to to say, no, look, there's no actual harm that's going to be caused by, you know, using your phone or having a 5G device with you or having 5G transmitters near your home or anything like that. And to a large extent, it's it's true. It's just one of those things that does need to be studied more. And I think I see what you're saying there, Noel. Like, it feels like a necessity to push this through in order to enhance our interconnectivity and the amount of stuff we are doing online right now, just as a an individual. Yeah, it's needed. But, you know, I like your point about doing the things you want to do or need to do as an individual. Part of the reason this stuff happens and part of the reason um, – Political and corporate opportunists are um, are taking the are buying the farm right, buying the ground out from under you right now is because we have as individuals a dearth of time. We have so little time to invest in hunting down and finding these things that matter. Yes, there are regulatory bodies, right? Um, but they are they're they're things that you have to go look for. Right, the FCC, for instance, um, doesn't doesn't uh, go public and blast out across broadcast channels uh, any any policy every policy decision they make. You have to look for it, right? And it's the same with these kind of approvals. The uh, onus of the activity is on you as the individual. Is that the way it should be? Probably not. Uh, are things getting past that the average person would object to? Yeah, probably. Uh, but that is the way it is right now. That doesn't make it right. But that's that's what's happening. That's how these sorts of things can, can continue. If you want to learn more about bots, check out the excellent episode we did with Joe McCormick from Stuff to Blow Your Mind about Russian bots. The, the, the only thing left, the only piece of the puzzle here on the 5G conspiracy is figuring out who is controlling the bots. You know, mm -hmm. uh, anti-Russian uh, types will say it's Russia. Anti-China types will say it's China. Um, and then, you know, anti-US types will say it's the US. But the truth is, at this point, we do not have proof of the puppet master's identity. We just know that, you know, when you see uh, celebrities like Woody Harrelson or um, that... Um, the British celebrity Amanda Holden, when you see them plugging these kinds of stories and this kind of information, they're probably not in on it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Vladimir Putin or um, uh, some other leader of a country contacted them like, hey, Woody, love you and cheers. Help me uh, terrify the public and make sure that people are, are scared of 5G, as you said, guys, for the wrong reasons. You know, but, you know who it is, Ben? Who is it's, it? It's big 4G. <laughs> that's, that's who's behind it. <laughs> Finally. Big 4G. Yeah, that's the elephant in the room. 
it, you know, the I guess the, one of the last things we want to talk about today is that we definitely knew something was on the way. Here in the U.S., uh, officials knew something was on the way. Uh, you know, you can find an interview from NBC with uh, two current U.S. officials and one former U.S. official who went public and said that U.S. spy agencies were collecting raw intelligence about Wuhan, China specifically, back in November, and they could tell that there was something going on, and they they it, it was they could tell it was a public health crisis. And now they say that this was not initially understood as the first warning signs of a pandemic, but um, they had situation reports. You know what I mean? They had overhead images. They had intercepted communication that showed health facilities were going into hyperdrive. And this was given to the feds and various public health officials way back in November. Uh, recall again that the insider trading started to occur in January. And even when U.S. officials realized the magnitude of this problem, there wasn't there wasn't very much action, right? We didn't take a lot of steps as a country to ready ourselves for a pandemic like um like the Spanish flu epidemic, you know, there, there was no effort to boost those stockpiles of medical equipment we're hearing so much about. There's no effort to encourage social distancing. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if, if you think, I don't know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be unnecessarily frightening to people, but if, if you have been counting on six feet distance to keep you safe, uh, that's unfortunately not going to fly. Uh, we know we know now that even the um, even the personal behavior modifications we've tried to institute they're better than nothing, but they they are also not a silver bullet. We should have been prepared for this in some way much much earlier. Yeah, I mean, back in 2015, uh, Bill Gates gave a TED talk that's being kind of bandied about a lot now, uh, essentially outlining exactly what we're experiencing right now and outlining just how unprepared uh, we as a country would be and, and his idea that we should run all these simulations to see how uh, prepared the private sector would be to have ventilators, what kind of quarantine measures should be put in place, um, and, and realizing as this has happened, that no one was prepared for any of this at all. And people didn't even take it seriously to begin with, including the government. Um, and, you know, not to get too political, because I know it bugs people sometimes, but, you know, it does feel like there's a certain amount of doublespeak going on in terms of the narrative the government has presented in terms of how prepared uh, we were. You know, this notion of it being some sort of left-wing plot, um, and then immediately this about-face of, oh, no, we were we knew all along that it was serious and, and we're prepared for it. So it's really kind of head spinning to see that shift in rhetoric. And it's like, but no, but, 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 but you said, but no, but we have it on, t uh, you know, well, well, here, here's the problem, man. We're, we're hearing more and more stories that the federal stockpile of like PPE and other, you know, equipment that is supposed to be available. You, these uh, hospitals are getting this old stuff and like if you're talking about uh, one of these masks, you can't use it because the elastic strap has dry rot all over it and it just falls apart because it's been there for so long. And that spans much further than the current administration. You know what I mean? Oh, so 100%. It, is, it, it, it is like one of those things where we, we didn't, we were not prepared in so many ways uh, 
throughout a, a large span of time here. The last thing really quickly, just want to jump back to what you were talking about, Ben, the um, intelligence agencies looking hard at Wuhan in November, like before we knew there was even a crisis. That's the kind of thing that spawns conspiracy theories because you, you know, when you hear of, let's say, uh, an official in China saying this was, you know, this virus was started by the United States, knowing that U.S. spy agencies have overhead cameras in Wuhan before it officially becomes a pandemic, knowing that they're watching the health facilities in particular and seeing what kind of activity is occurring. That's what ends up creating, I think, or at least assists in the creation amongst this uncertainty that, oh, well, maybe the U.S. was watching the spread of this virus they created there. Uh, and it's, it's just something we have to be careful about. Um, but it's also troubling. <laughs> right. And it should be because, you know, what that clearly points to is not just a conspiracy theory, but an actual conspiracy. Make no mistake, you know, certain members of Congress with access to intelligence reports did indeed conspire to make a buck, make a vig off of this uh, this disaster, you know, and they did so because they had information that you and I and everyone listening, well, some of the people listening did not have. And, and this, like, there, there's a really important point that's kind of related to this that I want to I wanna point out. Um, we mentioned it kind of at the top of the show. This spells a lot of problems. In conclusion, uh, when we ask, where do we go next, right? Uh, where now? Uh, we are already seeing domestic stability uh, become increasingly fragile here in the United States. Um, you know, we've been very lucky as a country that there's always a peaceful transition of power. A lot of other countries have not been able to pull that off. Um, and, you know, it's it's something that we take for granted here. But the chain of command uh, may start to break down. Just in Massachusetts, for instance, the governor of Massachusetts had to smuggle masks from China. I can't believe this is a true story on a New England Patriots airplane because the feds were going to take these things. They wanted to be in charge of giving this medical equipment to states uh, and the system or the process they use to determine who gets what has been under a huge amount of criticism. So the Massachusetts governor smuggled this stuff on a sports team airplane with the help of the National Guard, with the help of the Massachusetts police. They transported it to other states. This is in open defiance of the federal government. Uh, and, you know, like think about Think about what happens if um, the federal government and the state of California, which if it were an independent country, would be like the world's fifth largest in terms of GDP. What if California uh, gets an order from the feds to fire or arrest their governor, just being hypothetical, and California says, no, we're not going to do it. What are you going to do about it? That, like, that is possible. Not plausible, but possible. Let, uh yeah, it's let's, maybe um, a different episode. Let's let's hope that uh, the next civil war isn't as close as it feels. Let's just put it that way, uh, yeah. because there will there will be a next one at some point in the future. Hopefully, uh, not anytime soon. Do you think it's uh, a political party based war, or is it just between the haves and the have nots, or well, what's the division in this uh, in this coming war you're you're picturing? 
Well, it depends. I mean, draw lines wherever you want. They will be drawn and they kind of already are in so many different ways, whether it's economics or, you know, ideology, or in this case, you know, something as simple as states' rights versus federal rights. I I guess you're right. I think things have gotten so complex and there's so many divisions in our country. Like, it's not going to be as simple as like, you know, the North versus the South. There's so many potential sects and things that can shoot off. The one silver lining here, is that there is a common enemy. There is one common enemy now that each state, each government across the the world faces, each individual, and that is this pandemic, a tiny little microscopic thing, an invader that can find its way into your body or your, you know, your spouse's body or your child's body or your parents' body. And we that's the thing that we can band together and fight. And hopefully we can see past a lot of this other stuff at least long enough to to get through this together. That's a really good point, Matt, and 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 something that I'm leaning on as well uh, in terms of a silver lining or some kind of hope. Well, we better get it together. I mean, you know, this uh, just the one point about politics. You know, like uh, or the U.S. Uh, California could go independent, and Texas has historically had this. Um, this great pride of willingness to go independent. Um, so the stability of the union might be a problem, but having a common enemy is something that does really unite people. I think that's a fantastic point, Matt, and we better get it together because six new coronaviruses were discovered in bats in Myanmar just this week. Uh, they're not, they're not the same as SARS or, um, or what we call SARS and what we call COVID, but the point is they're out there and this recovery period for the world will take much, much longer than a lot of politicians and a lot of businesses want you to believe. Like I said at the top, don't think of this in terms of bouncing back. We need to think of this in terms of clawing our way out of a slippery pit, and it's it's going to take everybody. Uh, we're a species that's terrible at working together, uh, but now the rubber's hitting the road. You know, um, we, we know that that international trade is already reaching um reaching some crisis points like you think you think the that uh it's bad when you see the the grocery store shelves in in your neck of the woods empty and you can't get toilet paper imagine that happening on a macrocosmic scale with masks ventilators respirators more the u.s is taking and i feel like we have to say this even though we are residents of the u.s and and i i I, for one, uh, am, am a patriot. I love this country. But the U.S. is like straight up stealing international shipments of medical equipment. And this is uh, – and other countries are doing shady stuff too. The U.S. is not alone here. But now, as we record this, at least 69 countries have banned or restricted the export of protective equipment, medical devices, medicines, and more. And this seems set to continue I mean, I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? This feels very much like we are in a moment that future historians will spend years writing about. We're, we're in one of the defining moments of history. Yes. 100%. This is a major shift. And, and I, I think a lot of us have already started thinking about this differently. Um, I, I was really struck by some comments that Dr. Anthony Fauci, I believe is his name, yep. um, one of the one of the you know main people who was fighting against this thing and attempting to advise everybody on what to do, and he 
basically advised this week on Wednesday and maybe a little before that, he advised that as a custom, the world and particularly the United States stops shaking hands forever. Like we just cut it out of a thing that we do. And that, that to me is crazy, but at the same time, it makes total sense. And after going through this, I think everyone will see that as, oh, well, obviously, yeah, you don't shake hands anymore. You don't hug anybody anymore in public. It's not, it's not as though it's going to be for a couple of months or even a couple of years. I think this is going to be a social shift across the world. It feels like, because Ben, you're saying this is like a shifting point. This is a this is one of those moments in history that we literally make a turn 25 degrees in one direction and we don't ever go back the other way. Yeah, Ben, I mean, to your point about it not being a bounce back thing, like even if this were eradicated tomorrow, which obviously isn't going to happen, that's just not how it works, there's going to be a period of distrust and a period of uh, adjusting to, you know, the trauma that we have all collectively experienced as a, as a, as a, you know, a a global uh, society, you know, where there's going to be things, some kind of PTSD uh, as a culture and, and as a world that we're all going to have to wade our way through, even if all of this just went, you know, blipped out of existence tomorrow. And obviously that's not going to happen. So we're going to be dealing with those, uh, those various individual uh, and collective traumas for probably a long time. But um, hopefully, Matt, to your point, there is something we can learn about ourselves and the way we uh, interact with people and the way governments work that maybe can be taken from this and hopefully move things in a positive direction. I would like to believe that. I think shaking hands is weird. Uh, again, I know I say this a lot on our show, but it's it's kind of it's it's like neckties. You know, sometime over the course of civilization, we just accepted that. It's weird. It serves it doesn't really serve a function. The old story about shaking hands is just to check people for weapons. And you gotta admit, man, it's a weird and specific thing. Goodbye to it. I won't miss oh, it. I'll miss we'll a lot of things, but I won't I won't miss just rubbing palms with some stranger right off the jump when I meet them. That's so weird. I love the human physical connection of shaking a hand. I am a huge hugger and I beware. I will hug you. <laughs> Don't come too close. I will hug you. Uh, yeah, you've, I, got, I, you've, you've gotten us before. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's on Like seriously, on a very personal note, that is how I met my wife by randomly hugging her. And Aww. like, like I, you know, losing that kind of interpersonal connection, even with a, you know, a total stranger, you know, showing, Showing that connection that, you know, we're both the same, um, I don't know, not being able to do that physically and having to do it either with an emoji in the future or whatever else we're going to have to do to communicate that kind of feeling that troubles me deeply. But, uh, yeah, I, who knows? Maybe that's where we're headed, guys. Let us know what you think, folks. Uh, shaking hands. You love it? You're going to miss it? What's what's your take? Uh, we still haven't made a secret handshake for conspiracy stuff, and now we maybe never will. <laughs> uh, but, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories, your experiences from your neck of the global woods. Uh, find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. We're Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show. Uh, we also like to recommend Here's Where It Gets Crazy, our community page on Facebook, where we've... Um, you know, we want to thank you if you're listening, if you're on there. Uh, Facebook isn't perfect, but this has been uh, this has been a really strong community. And thanks to our mods as well. And thanks to everybody who's been calling in to our number. 
uh, just leaving us some really great insight and, you know, just knowing that you're out there and hearing your voice, just talking about that personal connection. It's just one step closer to actually, you know, having a moment, an actual moment with you when you call in. So we really do appreciate that. If you want to leave us a message, our number is one eight three three std wytk uh, and we, we look forward to hearing from you. Anything you want to talk about, just uh, leave us a message. We're listening. And you may well get a call back from Matt in the, in the wee hours of the night and, and have that personal moment. Um, Matt, you, I, I am always uh, blown away by how uh, good a steward you are of, of this, uh, this call-in. And uh, you, you really treat it with a lot of respect and care. And uh, I really appreciate that. Well, I apologize in advance. Both if you don't receive a call back from me, and especially if you do. <laughs> if you don't want to do that, you can uh, find us on the usual social channels of, of choice. Um, we, we would really like it if you joined our Facebook group, Here's Where It Gets Crazy. I think all you have to do is name one or uh, all four of, of the members of our crew, uh, or just make a reference to something you've heard in the show, or just just make us laugh, and I think you're, you're in like Flynn. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, where Conspiracy Stuff Show or Conspiracy Stuff One, combination of those to on all of the social platforms. You can also find us as individuals. I am exclusively on Instagram at HowNowNoelBrown. You can find me on Twitter at HSW. You can find me on Instagram at BenBolin. If social media, uh, if that doesn't quite bag your badgers, uh, never fear. If you hate phones, don't worry about it. You can always reach us 24-7 at our good old-fashioned email address. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.